All right, about that time, this is Chris Brooks joined by David Johnson with Inside the Rebels 247 Sports, the Rebels 247 podcast. David, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm doing good, Chris. And uh, as you said, it's about that time, huh? Uh, you know what? You and I were talking last night, and and don't get me wrong, David, uh, baseball is big right now, and everybody wants to see how that plays out. Yeah. But, I mean, we're in the middle of spring football here, and you can see clicks on the board, and you can see social media. It's it's obvious where a lot of fans' head is already headed, and that's towards uh, football in the fall. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, don't, I think many fans' heads really never leave football, to be honest with you. you that's know, right. It's uh... – it's kind of interesting, you know. We're we're a football site, and we we also cover other sports. That's kind of probably the best way to describe what we are. Um, football is three hundred and sixty five days a year, and it's a whole lot of fun when you're winning. And uh, it looks like Lane Kiffin, you know, through the short off season, has gone into the portal and gotten the needed pieces for Ole Miss to. Make a make a good strong effort of at least duplicating their Sugar Bowl season from 2021. Uh, the only baseball I would bring up, I probably get more than most people, David, just because of my kids. I look, I'm I'm that games this week. And you remember these days with Eli with football and um, and look now your daughter's coming up. You're about to be doing the softball soccer thing and doing well. You're already doing that, aren't you? Already a coach? Yeah, I'm coaching the seven year olds eight and under soccer uh, this year. <laughs> and, uh, two games left, and uh, yeah, okay. Are you dominating the the other coaches? No. I mean, oh yeah, you're you're, you're you're light years ahead. Let me tell you something. What I have learned coaching eight and under girls is. You just put them out there. You hope they're having a good day. Yeah. Because if they're not having a good day, you're not going to have a good day. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. You know, if uh, if they're focused, great. If they're not focused, just step back and watch. Let it all play out. That's really about all you can do. Uh, those are good years. Now I'm doing mine are now older. Look, my oldest pitch last night. We played uh, at home against um, who did we play? B Warren Central. Uh, I'll give him a plug. Threw a complete game, two hitter last night, one eight to one. Great. Um, but so I'm doing more baseball than most. I did go out to the game at Trustmark this week. And a good crowd. I mean, obviously the outcome there is not what everybody wanted, but um, that was a good crowd. I got to see a lot of people, you know, and honestly, a lot of people on the board that that recognize me from social media. And, and if you were one of those people, I appreciate you coming up and shaking hands and doing all that. But um, David, let's dive into let's dive into the football. We we talked a lot about the offense and quarterbacks and everything going on there the last time you and I um, chatted for a podcast. What about the defensive side? Like if I asked you right now. The four or five or six or however many players that fans need to be paying attention to that are going to be keys to how good that that defense is this year. Where do you start? Yeah, I think I start with Cedric Johnson, the uh, the edge defender, the defensive end, if you will. I think uh, you know it, it's kind of been put on Ced's shoulders to be the incumbent to uh, to Sam Williams, yeah, to be his successor, if you will. Uh, you know, I think Seth had what six and a half sacks last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's the guy up front as far as pass rush goes, and uh, you know, there are some new guys that you know you hope also 
contend for that title. But I'd start with Cedric Johnson. He's had a great spring. He's looked good off the ball. Um, so, you know, he would be number one. Number two? Dave, David, can he? Yeah. do you think he could fill those shoes? A hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. I do. I think he could. I, I think in some ways, and this is no knock against Sam because we all know how great he is, but I think Sed could be a little bit more of a complete edge rusher than what Sam is. Yeah. Um, you know, by the time all is said and done, uh, Sam Williams right now, he's ahead of Cedric Johnson. Obviously, he's about to get drafted by an NFL team. But um, Sed Johnson, uh, he, he'd be number one. Number yeah. two, just sliding down to the inside, I think J.J. Peakey's playing at that zero technique at that nose tackle position is going to be a handful. I mean, Peakey's gets off the ball like, like a bolt of lightning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of interior guys in the SEC. They're going to struggle with that, with blocking that. And, uh, you know, I, I think J.J.'s a guy who's going to give you a pass rush from the inside. So, well, David, you saw him at Oxford, you know, just probably, probably more than I did. You know, yeah, I never, a, never saw him play nose tackle at Oxford. I don't yeah, think. well, that's what I was going to ask. You saw like what kind of athlete that kid was out in space as a tight end. Does he look natural playing on the inside? Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. I mean, he's strong as an ox, uh, you know, and, and, and I think they've put him in the right place. I, I, I truly do. But the thing about J.J., look, if you had to shift him down to a three technique or a four eye, he could do that too. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's an athlete. and uh, But, you know, putting a, a big athlete like that at the nose, I think is very smart on the part of Chris Partridge and that defensive staff. And, uh, you know, hey, I'm ready to see big number 89 wreak havoc this fall. Yeah, I hope he's good because yeah, I liked him in high school. And he's one of the most, I mean, just pure athleticism. If you looked at that, he's one of the most athletic defensive tackles we've had in a long time. Uh, maybe, yeah, in a maybe, long time, definitely. I mean, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there. He is. And, uh, you know, what you got to remember about J.J., look, man, Auburn did not want to let him lose. They That's right. They, they they knew he was coming on. They knew the he same was bust on the scene, and uh, just a huge pickup right there. So I would start off with with those two up front. Of course, we're still waiting on Tavius Robinson. Uh, haven't been able to see him practice yet because he's been in a black jersey. Tavius had knee surgery following the Sugar Bowl. Nothing major, just to clean some stuff up in there. Uh, now I talked to him on Tuesday of this week today is thursday and uh he says he's going to get out of that black jersey really soon and be cut full loose before the end of spring so you know he's another guy to keep your eye on if you want to go the back end of the defense it all starts with safety aj finley yeah i mean he is he is the old head back there now and uh you know he's got a knack for the football he's a great solid tackler and uh you know another guy back there that um a lot of people aren't extremely familiar with. I wrote about him on Tuesday, Davison Igbignosen. Okay, the kid from New Jersey. He he is getting reps with the ones as a true freshman. Yeah. I mean, you think about it four months ago, Davison was in high school. He should still be in high school. And Lane Kiffin pointed that out the other day, talking about a couple of freshmen that have impressed him, Quinshawn Judkins at running back being one, Davison Igbignosen being the other. Man, these guys ought to still be in high school. They're out here playing football and playing it well with 
some guys who are 22, 23 years old. Think about that. So, um, you know, Davis and Igbignosin would be my other one that um, that I think everybody should watch. You know, and David, I'm going to put you on the spot with him for a second. Yeah. Okay. I, I just can't, and I can't remember this name, but you and I talked about this right before he signed. I know Partridge was really high on him, and I had somebody tell me that uh, that the staff was comparing him to some cornerback from Michigan that was a first-round draft pick. He's in the NFL now. But that he was the best cornerback prospect he had seen or he thought since that kid. But for the life of me, cannot remember that kid's name. Yeah, um, I, I can't either. But, uh, uh, yeah, here's something to know about Davison. And, and this goes back to Chris Partridge's connections up in that part of the country, New Jersey. Davison missed a lot of high school football because of COVID. Where yeah. and not because he had COVID, he and you know maybe he did, I don't know, but they just didn't play ball up there when COVID was going on. So I think he got lost in the shuffle a little bit. You know, Chris Partridge knew about him and uh, and, and went after him and got in on him early, and lo and behold. He's an Ole Miss Rebel, and I think he's going to be a really, really good one. That is certainly a freshman everybody should be excited about. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, he's going to be good, I think, quickly. I'm, I'm going to remember that name here in a little bit, but it'll kill me. Uh, I did want to go back to J.G. P- uh, Piggies for just a second. You remember whenever you and I talked about right? The, some of the rumors were coming up that he was considering you know, hitting the portal. Yeah. And I'd heard from somebody, hey, this is I think this is happening. And at the time, I don't think Auburn staff knew about this. Um, just and this was coming through just some other players that that knew him that had I'd called somebody that had played with him. And look, yeah, I think he I think he's going to end up going somewhere. Yeah. Well, and, remember, it was the Christmas holidays. So, you know, the players weren't back at all. That's right. So he's. He's not even there. But then as soon as that happened, a few days later, then obviously that news had gotten out and Auburn staff was working on it. And like you said, they they worked hard to get him back on campus because they desperately needed that kid back. It's not a case of they just were indifferent. They wanted him back in an Auburn uniform. Well, even if you go back to his recruitment out of Oxford High School, you know, Lane was hired – in December of that year, and uh, you know, one of the first people he went after was JJ Piggies. And I remember the Mississippi Alabama game going on, and JJ having to leave to go down there. And you know, it was early signing day coming up, mm-hmm. and and this old Miss staff did everything they could to get JJ on campus in a meeting with Lane before he left to go to practice for the Miss Al game. And it didn't happen. Um, they thought they had a meeting set up. JJ was unable to go off. He goes to start practice for the Miss Al game. And at that point, you know, you had, uh, you had early signing day coming up and he, he simply signed and went to Auburn. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like Lane and staff did not, to try to do something in the very little time they had to work with, and they did. So, you know, he's a guy they've always wanted here, and now they got him, baby. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm just excited. I, I think the guy's going to wreak havoc. I think he's going to make a big-time difference in the middle of that Ole Miss defensive line. Look, David, and then there's a guy that we haven't even seen with Aishim Young. And I, I, don't, I can't really throw him in a list of four or five or six guys that are going to be pivotal. 
when he hasn't even practiced today. So nobody has really seen him. All you see is the resume, which was great when he was at Iowa State. And then just what I know of him before he got here was that the coaches were counting on him to be a big piece of this. But still, you won't really know until he hits the playing field. Yeah, yeah. And and just to be clear, of course, he is on campus. He is injured uh, off the field incident. And, uh, you know, we won't see him this spring. So, um, you know, I, I've got to reserve judgment until I see the guy on field. I know what he did out there in the Big 12. Uh, you know, I think he's on a deeper uh, roster that's got a deeper secondary than um, than what they had out there. But, uh, you know, certainly last year a capable player. But, uh, you know, I'm going to withhold judgment on him until I see him in fall count. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. If you, When you put all that together, could you see this defense being similar to what, what we had out there last year? Uh, it depends, and it depends on linebackers, right? I mean, yeah. That's the, uh, that's the deal. I think it I think it all depends on what they do with with the linebacker position. And, you know, we didn't mention one of those as one of the key players, which just the fact that we didn't mention one is probably telling. And then, you know, now we're seeing that they go out and they're offering a, you know, a, a PWO spot to a running back out of Middle Tennessee to come in and play linebacker. So I don't. You know, you try to put the pieces together to, hey, what does that mean? Because you had heard rumblings that maybe they're not just thrilled with overall what they have at that position. But I, I think there's some question marks there, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, Mobley, the the linebacker, Chaton Mobley uh, from Middle Tennessee State, I think he is going to be in Oxford next Wednesday for a uh, Wednesday-Thursday visit with the Rebels. Uh, but, you know, I've seen this question asked on, asked, asked on the board. Wait a minute, this guy's never played linebacker. He's a running back. You know, it says a couple things. Number one, it says something about, you know, what linebackers are in the portal yeah. right now. Uh, I think there will be more in the portal after spring practice closes. Uh, but, you know, you're also coming off, uh, you know, converting Mark Robinson over to from, from running back to linebacker that proved very, very successful. And uh, maybe he can do the same thing with this guy. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be the last linebacker they offer out of the portal. Um, I mean, I think I, I really think they'd take two right now if they could could find them. Yeah. Okay, Saturday, uh, I'll be going to practice. You're, you've already been to a few practices. So I'll be there to take pictures, kind of see what goes on, and you know, I'll be happy to give that to the subscribers on the board and, and, and chit-chat about what goes on at spring practice. But is there anything going into Saturday that you are looking for? Yeah, you know, my eyes are going to be on that quarterback battle, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I've – I kind of found it interesting last Saturday. I left there with the impression Luke Altmeyer probably had the better scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe Lane left there with that too, based off his comments on Tuesday. Um, you know, Jackson Dart obviously has, I think he has the strongest arm, uh, you know, and, and, and he's the big play guy. Luke is much more efficient right now. But as Lane pointed out Tuesday, you know, Luke's been in this offense a year and a half. Jackson has not. Yeah. Um, you know, the interesting thing about the quarterback battle and, yeah, you know, how to say this. Uh, I mean, I think um, – and we all kind of figured this was going to happen, but I think 
you know, Kincaid Dent has kind of been pushed to the side by Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier, even though I thought Kincaid looked really good on Saturday. Yeah, had good um, numbers. He had really good numbers. He, he was smart with the football. Uh, but, you know, I think at this point, just based off, you know, listening, sometimes you can pick up more just by listening, keeping your ear to the ground than you even can with your eyes. And, uh, you know, just by listening to the coaches and the players speak when they talk about the quarterback battle. It's about Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. I don't think I've heard a player yet interject, you know, Kincaid Dent into the conversation. And, um, you know, so, so that's probably a foregone conclusion. I'm no football coach. And like I, like I just said, I thought Kincaid looked great on Saturday, but I think this is a Jackson Dart Luke Altmaier battle, and um, we'll see what happens. Now, question for you. I mean, Ole Miss offers a PWO to a JUCO quarterback yeah. earlier this week. You know, what? what's going on there with five quarterbacks already on the roster? Yeah, well, well you know, I know Philip Short pretty well from high school. He actually – and that's what, you know, David's talking about is one of the, the latest PWO quarterback offers they threw out. He played at Northwest Rankin for a year. And they transferred out because he was behind a kid named Jamari Jones that ended up – he's a big junior college guy too that had a great career. But went to MRA, had two huge years there. I, I can't remember the touchdown numbers, but like 50, 60 touchdowns, something crazy. Anyway, long story short, Phillip goes to JUCO, and David, I would say he's one of these guys that get, that's, that got caught with COVID. You know, you he had a, had a good career in junior college at Gulf Coast, but there's just nowhere to go. So now he's transferred to Holmes has that extra COVID year if he wants it to do a third year of JUCO. So he's going to decide if, does he want to go back or does he want to go to Holmes, which look now they have a new staff there. Marcus Woods, the head coach, Bo Wallace is on that staff. Uh, Barney uh, Farrar is on that staff. Does he want to go there or does he take the PWO offer with Ole Miss? Or I know he was talking to some schools like, this is a, maybe a month or two ago, David, like a Texas State, you know, those kind of Division ones. you Stephen F. Austin's. Um, i tell you what it means to me. Like you just said, Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier are going to go at it, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll see what happens there. If Luke Altmaier is not the guy, if the, at some point if he feels like he's not the guy, this isn't anything to do with Luke. This is everywhere in America, people. If you're that guy and you don't win it, and you have the option to still go somewhere, it's going to be a consideration at the very least. So coaches have to plan for all of these contingencies. You better have as many arms in that room as you can have. That's I think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And of course they're uh they're 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 somewhat courting Jack Abraham as well. Hey, and Jack and I I don't think this says anything about what they think of Jack Abraham. I think they love Jack Abraham. Well, uh, you know, we're it's going to be an interesting offseason, right? I mean, you know, we're, we we let's be honest, the number one thing about this quarterback battle that we're going to be watching in the offseason is who who is going to stay. That's right. Who's going to leave? So um, if Luke Altmaier wins it, well, then you know Jackson Dart's on the roster. He he doesn't have the the transfer well, anymore. He, he's on the roster, but let's talk common sense here. Jackson Dart did not move to Mississippi to play backup quarterback. Uh, there's no doubt um, that that's exactly right. I mean, remember, David, all these guys, nobody, 
nobody is ever really stuck. If you want to go somewhere bad enough, you can still sit a year, but you can always do that. So it's not like anybody's ever really stuck. They just don't have the option of transferring without the one-year penalty. But, yeah, everywhere out there right now, there are quarterback battles going on and coaches are watching it because at the very least they're aware of the possibility that whoever doesn't win it, they're going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You can always go the old fashioned way and, and, and set out a year. Well, so rebel scrimmaging on Saturday, Chris, uh, I'm glad you're coming up excited about your photos and all that good stuff for, uh, for, for Saturday. And, uh, and hopefully it'll be another lively uh, session. It was, uh, it's pretty good. I think the rebels ran, I lost count to be honest with you. It's so difficult to stat a game from sidelines, but uh, yeah. probably a hundred snaps, I would guess. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, David, you enjoy today, tomorrow. Let's, we'll get some work done. We'll see what pops, but then I'll see you Saturday. All right, Chris, be good. Thank you, guys, and hotty toddy. Yep, for David Johnson, I'm Chris Brooks. You've been listening to the Rebels 247 podcast on Inside the Rebels, and we'll talk to you guys later.